Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. In terms of space, Captain's Log. Starrate 95.441. And Dave is about to read out a piece of thing off the paper. NASA has successfully smashed a spacecraft into an asteroid 7 million miles from Earth, Captain. To make sure we humans have a chance of preventing the kind of disaster that wiped out our brethren, the dinosaurs. Mr. Worf, put Leo Enright on screen. <laughs> Gablah! <laughs> Leo, how are you? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm tr- still recovering from that. <laughs> Leo Enright, space commentator, thank you so much for joining us. What happened yesterday and why was it so important? Because I think it really was. Well, it was the, it was last not early this morning, in fact. Uh, so I'm still bleary eyed. Quite an extraordinary moment uh, as this small spaceship uh, zoomed in towards a ro- lump of rock, a mass of rocks and boulders uh, about the size of a football field, and hit it smack bang in the middle. Quite an amazing achievement. Yeah, we should obviously stress to everybody that hitting something like that, it's hurtling through space. It's not sitting, standing there, waiting for us to land perfectly on it. Like, we have to adjust for trajectories and velocities and all manner of things. And it's also quite a distance away. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, 12 or 13 million kilometers away from Earth. Never a risk to us. This was always only a test. Uh, This thing was never going to hit us, Mm. uh, not in your lifetime or mine. But um, there is always the danger that there might be something out there that could hit us. Uh, And the whole purpose of this test, which isn't over, not by a long shot, there's still lots more to come from this story. But um, the first thing to do was to impact one of these small asteroids this thing as i said was only the size of a football field and and see if we could nudge it a little bit out of its orbit there is a, a an italian satellite an italian spacecraft tiny little thing that was flying beside it when it impacted and we're literally now as i speak waiting for the first pictures uh, of the uh, collision, the explosion uh, on the tiny asteroid, and that should come down today. Then, um, in a few months, <clears throat> pardon me, a few months, the Europeans will launch another spacecraft which will go into orbit around this asteroid system, a, a mother asteroid, as an asteroid, as it were, and a, a little baby astro- asteroid. The, the one that they hit. So mm. it, there's lots more to come. They hit the this. baby? <laughs> Animals! <laughs> How long before we'll know, Leo, whether, whether the tra- trajectory has actually been affected? <clears throat> well, they're already doing measurements. I mean, really, it is extraordinary. Some of the pictures coming back from uh, telescopes in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, I saw they've them. got the best view. the best view of it. I mean, it's quite astonishing. First of all, you can see that this uh, this asteroid pair, they're moving very, very rapidly against the star field behind them. Uh, and you can see that in these telescope pictures. But then, whoosh, you can actually see the dust and rocks being thrown off the little asteroid uh, in the moment of impact. So it, it really was way beyond anyone's expectations. Nobody thought we'd see as much 
from Earth as we're seeing already, and we should have a really good estimate of the effects on this uh, little asteroid uh, within a few days, uh, if not weeks. So have we, obviously we've learned that we can hit it. Um, have we learned meaningfully that we could push it on a different trajectory, something, something that was far bigger and, and maybe, you know, or would we have to take a, a page out of the Armageddon movie playbook <laughs> and send someone up with a nuke? Well, now, it's very, very interesting that you should say that because every single paper, academic paper, that I've read about this subject suggests that the latter, that is, that is the nuke, uh, is by far the best option. Um, for dealing with these things, you don't you don't blow the thing apart with your nuclear bomb. What you do is you basically roast or toast one side of the asteroid, uh, rather like one side of your toast. Uh, and if if the if that side of the asteroid is nuked, then it it the the heat caused by the explosion uh, on the asteroid will then gently propel the asteroid uh, out of our uh, you know, territory, but nobody wants anybody exploding nuclear bombs See, in space. I think that's what's so disappointing that's Dermot. Yeah, I think yeah. he really wants the idea of, it's now that we've sent, a, you know, a probe to mm. do this, that we next thing we really want to do is send something that will cause a giant explosion across the sky and give us, you know, weeks of, of, of daytime and nighttime sunshine uh, from a nuclear explosion. But I suppose Falling debris, yeah, that's what I'm big into. There's fallout from that. <laughs> do, does Aaron Rode Aaron have a case here, Leo, for... Um, in the copyright courts? I mean, this was called the DART. Don't we already have one of them here? <laughs> yes, indeed. They, they, they do go for colourful names. Um, and this certainly, they, they, it didn't look like a DART. It looked more like my washing machine um, and, and wasn't much bigger than my washing machine. Um, but it, uh, it, it did, uh, it took a couple of amazing pictures yeah. in the final seconds before impact. Well worth looking at online um a, a friend of mine uh, has uh, been describing this uh, she she thought it, it looked like a scotch egg only very lumpy um uh, but i i think it my image when i saw it I, in my head was this is a blowfish Oh, I, I know I, what you mean. Yeah. I, I thought it looked like a blowfish myself, but I, I do like the the lumpy Scotch egg. Isn't a bad one either. <laughs> um, and the other thing to remember is that this thing is the size of you know the if you as you look at it, it's roughly the size of a football field. So those boulders are pretty big. I yeah. mean, these uh, the boulders that we see on it aren't pebbles. These are rocks. I mean, if you stood beside them, they'd shadow you, some of them. Gotcha. Mm. And does an asteroid have its own gravitational field, or is it too small? That That's part of the, the story that we're beginning to learn about these things. We've been to a lot of asteroids now. This is, I think, the sixth, maybe seventh, a visit by a human-built spacecraft to an asteroid. The Americans actually did crash into one before, but they weren't looking to measure the effect. They just wanted to see what got uh, kicked up. Um, the Chinese, oh, sorry, the Japanese have an obsession with these things. They've been to three of them so far, and they've landed on two of them. 
and that, that has been amazing because you ask about the, uh, the gravity. These things are just lumps of dust, uh, balls of dust. There's no coherence, if you'll excuse me using the, the technical term. There's no coherence. So when, when the Americans about uh, a year ago uh, tried to probe into one of these things, they just sank into it. Oh. It's, like a ball of, it's like a ball of cotton wool. Mm. Um, it looks like a big lump of rock, but it's just a ball of cotton wool. And the cotton is basically stones, boulders and dust. Amazing. Leo Enroy, space commentator, always a pleasure to talk to you, and especially on an exciting day like today, and we'll wait for those Italian space probe photos and videos and see what they have as well. Thanks so much. All right, my pleasure. All the best, Leo. See you in the holodeck, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I will destroy anything that comes in our radius with my battle. Kapla! There goes Leo, space commentator, Leo Enroy. Always the crack. And that was the story of the dart... Aaron O'Dearn would like to apologise for the delay to the double asteroid redirection test. This is due to leaves on the track. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.